Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay, and Russell's gay. It's <laughs> a lot of names. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to another amazing Homo Superior Creator Crush. I'm Adam Kasari, and co-hosting with me today is our very own gobbling turkey, Kaylin Batia. Hi, Kaylin. Gobble, gobble. Creator Crush, that's you. Just sound like the most depressing turkey on the planet. I'm about to die for that. That is true. Yeah, course. it's a real tough week for you. And next week will be even worse. I'm sorry about yeah. that. Um, Creator Crush is our interview series where we chat with our favorite comic book creators, learning more about their work, their thoughts on the industry, and what makes them so darn special. Today, we're joined by illustrator and character designer Russell Dauterman. Working primarily in the comic book industry, Russell is best known for, for being the artist on Marvel's comic book series, The Mighty Thor, written by Jason Aaron and starring Jane Foster in the title role. Recently, Russell's been working as a character designer for Marvel, notably designing superhero costumes for Storm, Jean Grey, and Scarlet Witch, and also designing for X-Men's Hellfire Gala events. Russell's also the cover artist for the Marvel comic book series Scarlet Witch, the cover artist for the X-Men trading card variants, and his own costume cover series. Clients in the past have included Marvel, DC Comics, Boom Studios, Image Comics, Valiant Entertainment, ESPN Magazine, as well as Empire Magazine. Welcome to Homo Superior, Russell. We hope you survive the experience. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I am a uh, fan of the show and I'm uh, one of your little homos. So it's uh, great <laughs> to be here. <laughs> we love thank it. We for, love it. Thank you for knowing the name of our fan base. Really appreciate that, Russell. <laughs> Yeah, I could probably sing the song. I mean, I wouldn't, but I we probably should have had you do it based on how poorly <laughs> I did. <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you. Maybe at uh, the very end, we'll have you sing like a remix of it or something. We'll put a disco beat on very padam padam. Maybe we won't. do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Not putting you on the spot, but let's get on with our talk track uh, again. Russell, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we always like to start off with your secret origin. How did you break into the industry? Uh, well, I going pretty far back. Um, I am a cliched 90s kid. So I had that um, hit of Batman Returns, Batman the Animated Series, and then X-Men the Animated Series. So <laughs> we I, know it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I got obsessed with the X-Men and that was sort of my entry point into uh, into comics. But then getting there professionally was sort of a weird um, path because I thought for a while, well, you know, my, my father had told me like, oh, they were very encouraging about art. So that was always great. But he had said, you need to be able to make money at it. Mm. And um so I thought, well, what are art careers where you can make money? And so I thought, oh, do I want to go into advertising? And I'm like, so I started with that for a little while. And then I got really into um, costume design. And then also I was doing comic book stuff. I interned at Marvel when I was in college. Um, but then I sort of landed on costume design and really focused on that in school. And uh, once I got out of school, I was working uh, for costume designers on on a couple of movies, um, doing their sketches for them. But I kept coming back and back to comics and um, just the pull of it, I guess, you know, kept calling to me. And uh, I eventually put a portfolio together 
and went around to conventions, tried to meet every editor that I could, um, anyone that would, you know, review my portfolio. And I would get so nervous because you would, the way it worked, at least at Marvel back then, was you would drop off copies of your portfolio and then you'd come back the next day at like, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or whatever it was. And mm-hmm you'd have to go up to the people at the booth and find out if you were on the list for portfolio reviews. And I would get so nervous to like have to go find out if my name is on. I sent my husband to go (laughs) and ask for me. And um, a few times I got on the list and I met, uh, met some editors um, and got a lot of feedback and, you know, after that first review, I thought, oh, you know, I'm in, they're going to call me next week and I'm going to be drawing for Marvel. <laughs> and that did not happen. But um, a few years later, after I improved and I had worked for some smaller publishers, the editor that I met on that very first uh, portfolio review hired me at Marvel to do uh, the Cyclops book. Um, There's a Cyclops solo series with Teenage Cyclops and so, you know, it all all worked out in the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were known as you were known as like a young gun like back in the day, right? Like in 2017, 2018, right around that time. Yeah, that came that came a little later um when I was doing Thor, the young gun stuff. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Do you so let me ask, we have to ask, do you still consider yourself a young gun or are you in that kind of post-twunk pre-daddy era like most of us or for in my case, the post-daddy pre-death era? um well I'm blonde right now but underneath all of this it's all gray so um, whatever category that puts me in um I mean that's like a well you'd be like a blonde wolf I guess if you've got the gray sure I mean I'll take it I'll I'll take whatever you you know we've got to categorize ourselves every way possible just to make sure that we were very very subset um, so you did talk a little bit about your costume design uh, experience, and you were in the costume department for Captain America First Avengers, as well as the U.S. version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Could you kind of talk a little bit about what it's like being in the costume illustrator in the movie industry versus a comic book artist? And, you know, just talk a little bit about the, the differences in that those experiences for you. Yeah, I um, so my first job out of school was um, working on the first Captain America movie. Um, there were a couple different costume designers on that, and I worked for the the one, the first one. Um, but the way it worked then, anyway, was you had the concept artists for Marvel Studios who you know kind of work on every project, and they um, do a lot of the design work, um, you know, that you see. And then they also work with costume designers who come in and you know work with them and they do some of the rest of the costumes and so the Marvel Studios people were doing like Captain America and all of that Mm. and I was drawing the like the USO girls and um in the background scene and like the I'm blanking on the Howling Commandos the gotcha in them so I would draw them but the way it worked is the designer and the um designer's assistants would give me reference so like here are you know uh historical costumes from that period here's what the soldiers would have worn we're thinking of these pants and this shirt and this insignia 
And then I would take all of that and draw it into a sketch that they could then show to the director and uh, the people at Marvel. That seems a lot less fun than what you're currently doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was really cool to be in that environment, but it, it was not a a creative job. You know, once, mm. um, the more experienced, you know, like the concept artists that work with the designers, they do a lot of the idea stuff, but that was not me. I was there to, you know, facilitate ideas, which was cool, but um, that... Uh, it's not as rewarding as, you know, designing these superhero costumes that that get seen in all of the the books and that I, you know, I designed that. Like, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a pretty cool thing. Is and there been- any, yeah, I mean, I mean, and your art is incredible. We're going to, we'll talk more about the X-Men, particularly the galas. And, but is there any movie or concept that would bring you back to the industry? And if it's the MCU, we'll talk about the MCU a little bit later. So you don't have to super expound upon it, but we'd just love to to know, is there any any itch to go return in a different format, I think, like a concept artist or otherwise? Yeah, actually, um, animation would be something um, that I'd be interested in. Um, you know, my friend Chris Anka um, worked at Marvel mm-hmm. for a while, did a lot of incredible designs, and now he's doing um, character design for, like, Across the Spider-Verse and in those movies. Um, and so I think that would be a, a rewarding thing to work on. Um, you know, I always love, uh, you know, like we were talking about X-Men, the animated series, Batman, uh, the animated series. Mm-hmm. So getting to do something like that, I feel would be pretty exciting. But I mean, I'd be open to going back to to movie stuff, I, especially if I got a chance to, you know, design some things or, you know, put out some ideas. So you mentioned, um, um, you know, designing costumes. And I think that's, personally speaking, that's some of my favorite work of yours. uh, You designed some phenomenal stuff. And we'll get into how we even talked about it on our podcast and did it uh, on our social media. But let's start with the biggest fashion event of the year. It's the Mutants Own Met Ball, the Hellfire Gala. You know, you designed, you know, some of the... um, some of my favorite costumes, some of the most iconic ones, Jean Grey, Storm, Scarlet Witch, Emma Frost, uh, others. Uh, how did you get approached uh, by Marvel to do this? Yeah, um, I think I have Jerry Duggan to thank for that. Um, I was already the cover artist on Marauders that Jerry was writing and that uh, Jordan White, the X-Men editor, was editing. And I know that Jerry came up with the idea for the gala and I'm pretty sure that he suggested me um, to work on the designs for it or maybe it was Jordan also Um, but whatever the case you know Jordan called me and said you know explained what it was going to be and uh, asked if I'd be interested in you know designing the costumes for it because he'd known that I'd done a lot of design work for Thor and um that, that I guess he'd liked. Um, and originally, I think the plan was for me to do sort of all 40 designs for that first gala. <laughs> and, you know, on that phone call with Jordan, I was like, I, you know, I don't think there's really enough time for that. Um, and I said, well, you know, 
what if we like split it up and I did like the bulk of them and then, you know, brought in other artists to do the other ones. And then they went away for, I think a few months and um, came back to me, you know, and said, Oh, we're ready to go. And here's your list of characters and let's get on a, a zoom call with everybody. So I got on a, a call with Jordan and Jerry and Jonathan Hickman and all the, you know, writers, the ex writers at the time. And they, you know, told me what the stories were going to be and what each character would need um, in their look. And some were more specific than others. Like I think uh, Leah Williams, um, who's writing X Factor, was the most specific because she said that she wanted uh, Rachel Summers' look to be like a sexy scary dominatrix right. outfit like her original um and she sent a lot of reference so that one i mean that was kind of handed to me like that uh concept the others were a lot more vague um i think teeny howard said for uh betsy braddock that she was uh thinking of alexander mcqueen and so mm. that's often a, a direction there but the rest were I mean, uh, I can't really think of anything else that was super specific other than Jerry said, wouldn't it be cool if Storm was wearing weather? <laughs> and so and I, it was, it was. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how it all started. And then I, I just uh, went away and uh, was very, very stressed and <laughs> tried to... Um, I don't know if I've ever worked harder on anything than I worked on those that, that first year, but um, yeah, then I came back and there were a few tweaks, but generally everybody liked everything. How, um, how long for each of those designs, would you say it like took you to get from maybe what was in your head to an on paper that you could give to somebody to say, this is what I'm, I'm thinking to submit. It varied. Um, like with storm, I had, I had that costume minus the weather cape sketched out years in advance. Mm. I did that um, when I was working on Thor, just in case I ever got a chance to, you know, Storm's one of my favorite characters. Um, mm. I did the same thing with uh, Wanda with her Scarlet Witch costume. Those are ideas that I put down in case of a rainy day or in case I ever have <laughs> to do this. Pun so, intent. Yeah, yeah sure was exactly. Going. Um, I meant to say that. Um, <laughs> and so with the storm costume, I, it just had a regular kind of boring cape. So I, once they said the thing about weather, I'm like, oh, well, let me replace this with a, a black cloud and let me run the lightning through it. So it kind of mimics the trim of her usual cape. And I don't, so that one only took me a couple days, really. It was just about, you know, um, working out the details and I did some research on the jewelry and that kind of thing. The others, uh, I don't know how long they took. It, it felt uh, <laughs> like a eternity. few weeks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, you, mentioned, you mentioned uh, Alexander McQueen, who's one of my favorite artists, or uh, favorite uh, fashion designers, excuse me. Um, uh, so we got this question from Twitter uh, by Terry Blass, who's a you know comic writer himself. Uh, comic creator himself, I should say, uh, he asks, I'd be interested to know who some of your favorite fashion designers are, and if you were inspired by any of them. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Alexander McQueen, but if there are any others that you thought about 
as you were designing these outfits. Uh, well, hi, Terry. Um, <laughs> uh, Balmain is a big one. Mm. Um, Alexander McQueen was big. Uh, yeah, with, I mean, with Betsy especially, but I think with a few of the others. Um, I mean, the classic ones like Versace and Gucci. Uh, Iris Van Herpen, um, I really mm -hmm. like. Her stuff is so intricate and strange and beautiful. Um, so I I looked at that a lot for, uh, you know, gala reference, because it's not just supposed to be pretty clothes. It's, you know, um, it's supposed to be mutant clothes. Mm. Um, oh, and also I should say that the, you know, writers and editors gave me a lot of reference that they'd been collecting, you know, um, so that was a good starting point too. But also I, um, about the mutant clothes thing, I wanted them to be high fashion X-Men costumes and not high fashion human clothes. Mm. So I thought of it more about what this person would wear in terms of their superhero identity. So I looked a lot at their past, you know, um, costume history and artists like Dave Cockrum and Frank Quitely and uh, Joe Matarero with all the Age of Apocalypse stuff. Um, so those designers too, uh, I think are worth mentioning because a lot of that informed, you know, the mutant clothes aspect of this. I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's, you know, Dazzler woke up and was like, I want to be a fucking giant disco ball. <laughs> yeah, a giant disco ball. That was, that was pretty much it for that one. <laughs> and it was gorgeous until like yeah. she got right iconic. Iconic. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. That was awesome. Uh, it didn't you know, end so well for that look. Yeah, but, I was just, well, you know. I was just about to say, you know, how how are in tune with the designs are you with what's actually going to be happening in the comic itself? You know, were were you the one to decide that Gene was stabbed in the back? Uh, no, the, for this past year, all of that was done before I had a script. Um, uh. Actually, they all they all were, but the first year. I was on that Zoom call and they kind of told me what was happening. Okay. Um, all I knew the direction for this year was that there was, they needed to be able to fight in the costumes. Um, so, I mean, Dazzler didn't really get to fight that much. But... <laughs> well, she would have cut herself anyway, so it's probably a better yeah. thing she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a sort of, we're going to get a, to a couple of these because, you know, especially with you being a, uh, costume illustrator and just generally think about it. we always play this thing called hated it or hotted it so it's like tutor boot but much stupider mm -hmm. so just for your own work uh just to start us off in terms of hated hot i'm familiar or, with your work i know i, I know well you know not not everyone that comes on is so I, I just you're just making me giddy every time you mention it so please keep <laughs> it. you see russell dowderman listens to us all the time you should be listening to your weekly episodes if you're just here for russell um, but, you know, which design did you absolutely love the most from, you know, all of your, your gala work? And then maybe which one would you go back and redo? Uh, my favorite one that I did is Storm. I mean, I think that's my best one. Um, but uh, so I had it did that one. <laughs> um, and runners up for um, Dr. Doom. I really liked his. Oh, so good. Very good one. There was some cosplay of that that I saw from um, San Diego Comic-Con that was incredible. They oh made the straight and everything. Um, Dazzler, Emma with the the strands, like the diamond strands. Mm -hmm. 
Um, for my hated it, did it. Um, <laughs> I love that you're uh, making it even worse, and I now it's just going to be hated it, 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 and hot it, 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 it. I'm not. I would. I would change my Cyclops one from the first year. Um, oh, that sort of a yeah. sci-fi thing, which I like the direction of it. Um, but I, I think that one could have cooked a little bit more. Was that the giant visor? It had a big visor, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The red visor with the blue, yeah. Originally, that, it, yeah. that was one of the notes I got back. It was a not originally that. It was a helmet that covered his whole head, sort of like a Daft Punk thing. Mm -hmm. And the whole face of it was the ruby red. Um, but I think that was bad. So <laughs> I think they were right <laughs> to get rid of that, but... I do. Uh, we we've done particularly every time the gala comes out, we always do a hated it or hated it specifically for all of the the gala look previews. And now mm -hmm. I'm like running through my mind. Certainly, all the ones you mentioned that those were all hated it as mm -hmm. well. Um, I don't know. I think I don't remember. I think we didn't like the cycles one either. I think it was that like we were just like, oh, this is just. I'm sorry. I liked it. I oh, you did I, like. Yeah. I liked oh, good. So Cyclops is one of my favorite characters, and uh, we've had you know. An illustrator like draw us as different X-Men. So Adam is Iceman, Brent is Colossus, I'm Cyclops. So I'm always very partial to Cyclops's looks, even the ones that, um, you know, like the really basic ones from the 80s, like when it was just him with like a giant head condom, you know, underwear. like I'm still into it. I'm it's like it's Scott Summers, you know, I'm there for him. Well, yeah, the he, thing of the thing about them is, you know, like the first thing about costume design isn't about clothes, it's about character and so doing you know what are the attributes of this character how can you represent that in clothes and what can these um the items of clothing or the way they're doing their hair or things like that say about that person and so I think you know that costume says something about Cyclops and sort of his like yeah, I don't want to say like fuddy-duddiness but like he would try to he would think that costume was really cool I think. Yeah. Um, similar to like, I know everybody hated the um, Kitty Pride costume or Kate Pride, uh, the pirate costume. Oh. But I, I mean, she's kind of a mess when it comes to clothes. And so I wanted it to be a mess, <laughs> like to be a, a callback to like when she, I mean, that the roller skates costume. Snazzy Kitty. Oh. Snazzy Kitty has we been a, a big yeah. talking point. We had Ryan cosplay those other. Yeah, no, we I think we definitely I remember discussing that that costume and then specifically talking about that. It's like love the what you're bringing to it. Like, yeah, right. What would the character do? Not just what are we throwing them into? Um, yeah. And then Emma tries to, you know, save it a little bit with that, you know, brooch or whatever that was um, the little diamond <laughs> brooch with the the bullet which was jerry's idea and then i designed it but, but yeah so those i mean i might tweak kitties too but uh i'm probably happier with that than i am with the cyclops one so um earlier this year we did a uh thing in march called mutant madness we've done one every year and we decided to do like uh best outfits for gene gray storm emma frost and kate pride um you should know your recently designed storm look not for the gala but for x-men red one it came in first place it like won the entire bracket so that's so that's amazing 
It's, um, it's, it's, I was I'm, so happy I'm kind of shocked that it won, but I'm, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, no, it beat out some really iconic looks and it, it won. We, I know particularly at least, I don't know how the uh, audience or listeners were voting, but I do know that like, obviously the Hellfire Gala looks were rising up the ladder and it was kind of just like, all right, well, this is sort of cheating because these are built to look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the point of those was to be fashionable. So <laughs> but it, then, you know, it didn't always work, but. Mostly. You mentioned, you know, Dave Cockrum and Joe Monterera and others and you know, like Jim Lee as well. I think, you know, they were all like sort of iconic 90 or iconic X-Men um, designers from like the 70s, 80s, 90s and and so on and so forth. And it, it at times it felt like the designers were going up against each other in a very like kind of like Project Runway style challenge. And so the, I got really excited about that. I might have been the only one at Home Superior to get excited about it, but you should know your Storm won. I need to go um, look at the bracket. Um, I want to see all the costumes you picked and everything. That's yeah. Exciting. We'll yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, you had X-Men Red Storm. You've done within Scarlet Witch. I'm mean, talking about the regular outfits and the redesigns for that. You had Binary, mm-hmm. Giant Size X-Men, you know, Emma Frost. Um, so that's all within the Marvel Universe. Is If there was a character outside of Marvel, this is coming from Syndicate Mojo, another uh, audience question on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If there was a character outside of Marvel you were able to redesign, who would it be? Catwoman. Oh, so you, you, I, do you have a rainy day uh, design <laughs> I, for that as well? I don't, because I I have a contract with Marvel, so I'm not thinking <laughs> about DC. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Catwoman's my favorite uh, non-Marvel character. Um, going back to the, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd for sure want to do a design for her. I don't really know what it would be, but she's had some incredible ones like that Darwin Cook. Um, That's my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. Revitalized it. Um, I always, you know, when I was a kid, I never liked the purple costume with the boobs and the black hair. Mm. In my old age, um, my silver fox age, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm come around on that one a lot. I like that. Well, and you know, kind of wrapping up our our conversation, the X Men. So, looking forward, you're you've done Fall of the House of X number one for next year. You know, are you keeping up with Krakoa? We just you know would love to know your thoughts on the current era overall, Fall of X that we're currently in, and just what comes next. We'd just love to hear what you're you're thinking and feeling and seeing. Yeah, I haven't read everything, but I've I think I've read most of it. Um I'm really loving um what Steve is doing right now in Dark X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas uh Scharf Scarf, yes. I think. Um it just looks incredible and the book is excellent. Um I've been a big fan of Jerry's X-Men. Um, you know, the X-Men vote was really exciting. Uh I kind of know what's going to happen, so I can't say <laughs> much about that. Um, uh, I got the Cliffs notes a while back, so it might have changed, but you know. Um, but yeah, I think the Krakoa era was a really revitalizing thing for the X Men as a brand and for X Men fans. I think the excitement that everybody's had around this era has been really palpable and um it's been wonderful to be a part of um so you know however it wraps up i'm glad that it's 
getting a chance to wrap up, you know, and like doing a proper ending and having those two series mirror the um, Hox Pox at the beginning, I think is wonderful. Um, but I think, you know, I hope people can look back at this era in the same way they look back at, you know, the Claremont, well, he had many eras, but um, Morrison era, you know, just something yeah. that kind of stands alone. Um, I mean, Morrison is my, my favorite. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope people can look back on it fondly and happy about it. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm still doing the um, uh, trading card variants for the main X-Men book. So I'll be doing that. I just um, turned in a, a cover this week that's X-related that um, is one of my favorite things I've ever done um, for a book that hasn't been announced yet. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think it should be an exciting ending. Speaking of the trading card variants, uh, I'm a huge fan. Were you like a fan of the trading cards growing up? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I had most of them. Um, and then, you know, through me moving away and my parents moving and whatever, I no longer. But I rebought them <laughs> a few years ago. And now I have all the Jim Lee ones like in a in a nerdy binder. Um but yeah, I, the, getting Jordan asked me if I wanted to do those trading card variants. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Of course I do!" So that was <laughs> that was really exciting. And there's some um, maybe unexpected ones of those coming up too. Ooh, we'll take a look at, uh, out for those. Um, beyond the trading cards, you've also done a lot of costume covers. So we've got you know Rogue, Jean, Storm, Wanda, Wolverine, but also Black Cat, Black Widow, Sue Storm, and She Hulk just absolutely incredible so my first question in this area is how in god's name do you make these and did you sell your soul to the devil for this talent um yes i did um <laughs> they so this was something that i um asked marvel if i could do you know uh they had done like costume this is not a novel idea i didn't come up with this like they've done these sorts of covers before but um, I really wanted to do one for Jean. And so I, you know, did a sketch and I was like, oh, like, do you have a place where you can maybe publish this if you like it? And they did. And then it, you know, snowballed from there. And now Marvel asked me for them, which is great. <laughs> um, and then I still get to, you know, ask for characters that I still want to do. Um, uh, sometimes they get approved and sometimes they don't. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, the way it works so I do a ton of research to figure out the what the costumes are. And there's an incredible website um, that uh, older X fans like me, I guess, might know, uncannyxmen.net, that's mm -hmm. around forever. And they have incredible um, costume galleries. Um, mm. So that's a great starting point for me for the X-Men. But then I, you know, I work out the layout and everything. And then I draw one body. And then I basically put the different costumes on it, like paper dolls. And then I, you know, I do, I work all digitally. So then I just move all of those around um, to fit the layout that I've come up with. And then I ink and color it as one piece. So um, at least the like face and body, I'm, it's not like I'm doing 20 different faces and bodies on the cover, but they still like i mean each one takes a, a couple weeks to do so they're yeah. uh they take a while 
Well, that's intense. We did have a Instagram question from uh, Ama Dalton. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, when will we get a Dazzler costume cover? Oh, um, I mean, if it were up to me, you'd have one already. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it. it's easier to get, you know, a Captain Marvel costume cover approved than I think getting a Dazzler one would be. But she's definitely on my list for ones I'd like to do. Um, she's has some incredible costumes. I love her Age of Apocalypse costume with the sort of under hood. Yeah, uh, I love that one. We, we do her... talk a lot. Oh, I was like, oh, talk because, you know, I love uh, I love her Outback look so much because it, it's oh, like yeah. it's like eighty spandex. Like, oh, it's so fun and cheesy. It's so good. I love that. I was... I was mainly chiming in to say, see, Kaylin, some people like the Age of Apocalypse costume design. You're not I, like them, Kaylin? I've been, I, I kind of shit on them a little bit. <gasps> I, I I know, I know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 90s too, and I was picking up every issue of Age of Apocalypse when it was coming out. And I think Joe Marrera is a stellar talent, but I, I'm going to throw some shade. He's not my favorite costume designer. Um, and so it's like, I don't love the looks as much as I love his art. So I'll just say that. Um, to each their own. Um, I know that you're not alone in that um, feeling because, you know, when I do these costume covers and I post them on Instagram and everybody chimes in with the, the costumes they like and which ones they don't like and whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, I always post what my favorites are. And one of my favorite storm costumes um, probably my number two favorite storm costume um, is the Joe Matarera T-Boz storm. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she had the two long strands of hair and the midriff. Um, that was a big reference for the X-Men Red, you know, storm costume. Mm. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people don't like that one. And I think it's amazing. Um, I love his, uh, when he gave the X-Men, those Shi'ar spacesuits and Rogue had the purple one with yeah. the yellow stripe. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates that one but me, but I think it's great. Well, uh, spoiler alert, I know you wanted to see the brackets. Those, that Storm and Rogue look did not get very far. <laughs> the Storm one didn't? No, it didn't. Oh, it no. didn't. Well, I think it was up against like a really popular one. It might have been like the Dave Cockrum look or the Jim Lee look. Oh, like, well, there's no, no, there's no contest there, but yeah. yeah. It's just it's a popularity contest, not a design contest at all. So, <laughs> um, uh, so I think we're ready for our next uh, hated it or hotted it. This is the animated series edition. So knowing okay. that this show is such a huge inspiration for your creative work, uh, we're going to name a character, storyline, or anything from this ridiculous, ridiculous series that we all know and love. And you're going to tell us, obviously, if you hated it or hotted it. So Jean Grey's nude suit to start. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I had to drink some water. <laughs> deep um, thought, deep thought. <laughs> um, while I think about that, the animated series is what got also what got me listening to your show because I had said, I told myself that I had um, I've listened to enough comic book podcasts. I can't take on another one. And then Apple Podcasts recommended yours and I saw you were talking about um, Dat Tass, as you put it. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, um, that got me hooked. Um, okay, so I'm going to hot it a bit with a, with a caveat that I like it better when it's a little more yellow and a little less 
mood. <laughs> yeah. I think yes. everybody does. There's very few people <laughs> that I think would say that's stylistically the best, uh, the best decision. What about uh, Jubilee's mall rat neon nightmare, AKA the <laughs> chili fried look? This um, is I mean, that show is X-Men, the animated series. It is the nineties to me. Um, do I think she should be wearing it now? No, but um, in '92, yes, yeah, yeah, and it's iconic. Like those colors together, like it really pops. Yeah. Well, this this was also that was a biased write up because we had just gotten done with the Fifth Horseman uh, recap in season five, and everyone hate. I've never hated Jubilee more. And then just last week, uh, I wasn't there, but folks did the Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. So it just I was like, uh, yeah. everything about Jubilee's awful right now. I did uh, listen to that, and you guys were um, shitting on Jubilee's Bob, but <laughs> I I remember being a little kid, and because that's the haircut she had in Generation X at the time. Oh yeah, she did. And like that, Chris Bacallo gave her that I loved. I mean, I have a Chris Bacallo Gen X poster hanging over my desk, um, but. So I, as a little kid, was thrilled to see Jubilee's Bob in the animated series, <laughs> but I guess I was alone. Well, it mainly didn't help that she looked, and everybody commented it on when we like posted a joke about it, about um, she looked like Captain, uh, not Captain America. God, why can I not think about this? Power, Captain Planet, the, oh. the guy who did heart. Like, <laughs> it's like It was probably because she was just out. If she had probably had her actual costume on, it would look great, but... It was just that, such a that really was the same stuff. outfit as the heart. <laughs> You're right. You are right. Uh, what about Storm's off-duty green bodysuit? Hotted it, it. That is a Joe Matarera design from the comics. She wore that in Uncanny X-Men. I mean, maybe I'm getting this mixed mixed up. I would imagine it came from the comics first. Um, she was hanging out with like Yukio and Gambit. If I oh remember. yeah, yeah, you're right. And she was wearing that green, amazing thing. Did you guys hot edit that, or did you? Oh, hate for it? yeah, it's gorgeous. We love it. Okay, good. We love it. It's 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 nineties cheese, but in the best way possible. Uh, but you mentioned Gambit. What do you think about his jean shorts and bandana while he was playing basketball? Hot edited it. I mean, <laughs> I put that on his costumes cover because it's so iconic. It is iconic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Shear hairdos? Um, you're really just gonna get a lot of hot at it from me in this <laughs> segment. We can don't worry, we've got a few more things that are gonna hopefully get out there. Yeah, I, mean, I she, like them. I like that, you know, their helmets are the same shape as yeah. the hair usually. Um I I was never so I had to draw the Shiar um for an arc of Thor. There was a you know, a Shiar Imperial Guard um thing. And I wasn't sure if the hair was supposed to be hair or if it was supposed to be feathers. <laughs> yeah. So I just tried to make it look as much like how Dave Cockrum did it as possible. It's very, um, I don't know if you watched the show Dragula, but like uh, this season is uh, Sisterhoods uh, or Sisterhood of Evil Mutants and all their, like the Boulet brothers, their hair is very like Shi'ar or like a Mark Silvestri drawing almost. Like it's very like spiky and 80s. Oh. It's, it's awesome. Is it specifically X-Men or is it just generically? That, yeah, that episode they put when they did the promo photo and they, the Boulay brothers do their own drag. They 
reference specifically that they were trying to go the 80s 90s full hair blowout of like you know wolf's oh, you know? yeah. yeah oh i'll have to and check I, that and even it was death bird's daughter that they referenced i think what i forget what her name is but death, cry. Cry? death cry yeah exactly so they were very in tune with what they were trying to achieve it's, it's fantastic like it's such a good look avengers uh, member death cry i think underrated Avengers member Death Cry. I, I love that era. That's when Thor had the midriff and um, the Wasp was an actual Wasp. I, I was very into that era of the Avengers. I call it the leather jacket era because everybody had leather jacket, like Black <laughs> Widow, Black Knight. Black Knight had like a lightsaber for some reason. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Steve Epting was drawing it. I loved it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. This one this could be a toss up, but these have all been hotted. What about the Morlocks overall? Just the entirety of them. Um, I mean, well, hotted it for that episode where Storm and Callisto fight. Um, I mean, just for that, they get a hotted it. Like, although they they were fighting with like javelin lightsabers. Or yes, something. the whole lightsaber thing was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess they couldn't do knives, but, you know. So this, I do have a follow-up, you said you referenced it, I do have a follow-up question, because I feel like, I think amongst our our group, or the five of us, it's in our brains, but I feel like I don't know if, like, do you ever just think in your head covered in scorpions? Like, do you remember that from the episode? Okay, good. Because I feel mm -hmm. like I've referenced that before, and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's one of the most iconic voice lines. Oh, yeah. Know. The way she says it and they do that like echo on it oh i love yeah. that it was that and then more recently i realized in the rewatch that Sabretooth, the amount of times he says what's the matter can't take care of your woman and that they just repeat it over and over again Does towards he? the end yeah it's, oh, because wow. it's it's in the later seasons when they they he starts you know they do the weapon x facility raids and stuff like that anytime mm. they do a flashback where um is it, it's Silver Fox, right? The his yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time that's brought up, they always reuse the line and I guess same animation of like him oh, beating wow. him up in a cabin. So, well, there you the go. I'm glad you got one go, of them. Yeah, the lines I always go to are, I mean, all of Rogue's lines are iconic. Yeah. Oh, the sugar. Yeah. Cat in the room full of rocking chairs. Yes. Amazon is an icon for saying that. And well, all and Storm's lines, I'll, you know, I'll just be around the house and quoting them about the, the, <laughs> or the um, when, when the you get up, the, when you, you get up, when I was gonna say, when you get upset, do you do uh, Rogue's power stealing scream at the beginning? Like every time she's trying to steal power. Oh my God, it's so much screaming. <laughs> I mean, I love it. The best one, the best one is the juggernaut one, right? Like when she takes the yes. Powers yes. and she flies up into yeah. the air and screams. Screaming Charles, screaming. They really screaming went for it. <laughs> so um, if your if your husband were in trouble, would you A scream Scott? B scream Gene. Or three scream morph. I don't think well, I wouldn't scream morph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would like to think that I'm the gene to his Scott, so I would Aww. scream Scott. There we go. Uh, so bonus question number two, if you were Wolverine touching a portrait on your bed, who would be in the frame? Um, the five what? what? <laughs> hey, this is our creator crush, not your creator crush. <laughs> Aww. Uh, if you were, okay, bonus question number three. Or it would be a photo of um, 
the photo of Wolverine touching the photo. <laughs> I love it. It's like very MC Escher, like very uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you were trapped in prison, what pretentious book would you be ready to read when anyone came to visit? Which one is Beast reading? He's reading Animal Farm, right? Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, a pretentious book. Um, I mean, I'd want to be reading a, a comic book of some kind. Um, I don't know about a pretentious one. Um, <laughs> I'll just go with my favorite and I'd be reading New X-Men, the omnibus. Oh, Graham Morrison, Frank Whiteley. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Excellent choice. Uh, so bonus question number four. Um, this is more of like, uh, which one do you prefer? Are you more a brown and yellow Wolverine fan or a blue and yellow Wolverine fan? Blue and yellow. Um, I was, I just did, uh, Wolverine got a trading card cover and Jordan was like, oh yeah, and put him in the blue and yellow. And I was like, yes, that was good <laughs> to do that one. I admit, so I will admit that the um, brown and tan is a better costume. Um, it's less, uh, I don't want to say garish, but you know, it's less bright and it, I think it makes more sense for him. And I like, him being in the brown and tan and having Laura be in the blue and yellow. Yeah, same here. Um, but just from for the, you know, if I was picking, you know, like I have uh, my shelf of X-Men figures back there and I have a Wolverine in the blue and yellow. So like, that's the one I'd pick for, for that. <laughs> you had to choose. Uh, well, let's uh, switch over to one of our other favorite mutant, semi non-mutant Scarlet Witch. You know, how involved uh, or just what level of involvement have you done with Steve Orlando, Sarah Pacelli in terms of the creative process? Let's just walk us through that that experience on doing covers for for that series. Yeah, um, I had uh, I was talking to Marvel about you know things that I'd really like to do, and you know I said you know Wanda's one of my favorite characters, and I'd really love you know if she ever gets another uh, solo series, I'd love to do the covers on it. And um, I was very um, grateful that they, you know, reached out when they did have one and that they wanted um, me to do the covers. And they also, this was right when the second Hellfire Gala was coming out. And so they said, you know, we love the design you did for Wanda for the gala and we'd love for you to adapt it, you know, for her regular superhero costume. So, you know, I was over the moon about all that. And I worked with... Um, Steve and the editors, um, the costume didn't really change that much. We mostly, uh, I sort of raised up the neckline and lowered um, the heels and I changed the tiara because it was pretty complicated in the um, gala version. It was all beaded and it had um, kind of necklace right. hanging down. Um, and so, yeah, then, I, you know, I work with them to do the covers. Like they sent me Steve's outline for the series because um, I don't think the first script had been written yet. And I was um, really thrilled with it. I mean, as a Scarlet Witch fan, uh, you know, she's she's been through some shit. So <laughs> as a character <laughs> and um, so having Steve have the objective to make her sort of a Superman type character for the Marvel universe and make her, 
really emphasize her hero stuff, I thought was really fantastic. And I, you know, told him that it's exactly what I want as a, as a Wanda fan. Um, so yeah, so I worked, I think I did the first, uh, at least the first two covers. Yeah, I did the first two covers just from the outline. And then by the time I got to the third, I had a full script. So mm-hmm. like if you look at that cover, there's a lot of little things hidden in there that are referenced to the script. Obviously, I didn't have Sarah's work yet to um, know how she was going to represent all those things. Um, but my interpretation is on there. And yeah, those, and I've been coloring all of those myself. Um, you know, for years I worked with uh, Matt Wilson, who's I think one of the best colorists around, um, but on these costume covers and uh, Scarlet Witch and a few, most of my stuff now I'm I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, they've been a real joy. I forgot what the rest of your question was because I've been rambling. <laughs> no, that was it. That's perfect. That's what we wanted to know. Um, and obviously next up for you is the evolution of Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, you know, what has that changeover been like for you? And what are you looking forward to most with the uh, upcoming series? Yeah, that, I mean, the changeover has been pretty seamless because it's, um, I mean, Steve is writing and uh, Lorenzo uh, Tameda, I think is how you pronounce it, who um, did most of the second arc um, mm-hmm. of the uh, with Sarah. Um, he's drawing it. Um, so it's really the same team, you know, that's continuing, um, now we're adding in Pietro, which was really fun. I've never drawn him before. Um, so it was fun for me. I always do a a character model for each character, you know, before I, you know, start, if I'm going to work with someone repeatedly. And so for him, I kind of started with just like a normal guy face, like what I thought, like, you know, handsome Pietro might look like. And then I specifically took, the features I'd drawn for Wanda and um, put them onto his face. So it's her eyes, but, you know, with less um, eyelashes, it's her nose, but bigger, it's her lips, but thinner. So, you know, just um, butchering them up a little bit because I wanted them to look like twins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really fun. There's a, I've done some design work for that series too. There's the, the villain, that I don't know that they've revealed yet, um, that you'll see on the issue two cover. I did the design for, um, yeah, I think it's um, gonna be great. And I know that I've heard from fans of the first volume that, you know, they wanted more of Pietro and more of them interacting. So they're gonna get that. And I've read the um, outlines for this and it's really exciting too. Uh, we got a question from Twitter, uh, Chaos Bar, uh, you know, asked, um, can we expect to see more interior work from you? Um, I don't have any on the schedule right now. Um, I was thrilled to do that issue five of Scarlet Witch of the, you know, previous right. volume. Um, that was a, a huge joy to do. Um, I sort of, I mean, I'd, I'd like to do more interior stuff, but I got pretty burnt out on it um, after uh, about five years on Thor and, you know, with War of the Realms in there. And I'm pretty meticulous and not 
the fastest and that's not a great combination <laughs> for monthly comics where you need to produce these things really quickly. Um, but I'm definitely open, you know, if the right thing comes along, I'd love to do more um, stuff with Wanda or Jean um, or Storm. I mean, those are my favorite characters. So it'd be hard for me to say no to interiors with them. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of people begging for it because uh, we also had another Galleta Grafico on Instagram was also like desperate to know when more <laughs> interiors are coming. So, yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint. I mean, I feel bad. I, people ask and I, um, I'm glad that people like want that, that work for me, but it's not uh, at the end of Thor there. It, um, it wasn't great. So mm-hmm. uh, I hate cool. complaining about it because it's not a hard job. It's just, um, and it's, it is. A, it's work. It's a, a blessing. Work. Yeah. It's just a lot of time and um, no days off and long hours. And yeah. it's okay to do that for me for small periods, but a long run, I don't know about. Well, you're probably being a little hard on yourself because you mentioned Thor. Um, so we had a few folks on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, John's uh, John's comics with writes, I fell in love with his work on Thor with Jason Aaron and when he drew the Jane Foster arc. So fantastic, exclamation point. Uh-huh. Uh, Grafico writes, your work on Thor was awesome. Uh, Adam referenced that. And then Lucky Bear Toys and this call and they write, damn, he cute. And why didn't anyone tell me how hot he is? So we thought you'd like to hear that. Um, well, thank you to um, who said that. Um, I'm probably turning bright red right now. <laughs> Those are all very nice things to say. Thank you. Well, and this, you know, with Thor as well, it became an uh, Eisner-nominated run. It debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list for graphic novels, and it even inspired the 2022 film Love and Thunder. Uh, do you feel sorry for having contributed to the release of that movie? That's so mean, Adam. <laughs> so mean. Um, no, I do not. I was I was thrilled to see Jane um, on screen and in such a comics accurate costume. And um, I wish we got more of her. No, that's, I mean, it's disappointing. Well, she's a loose end, right? I mean, pretty much everything in the MCU is a loose end right now. I mean, I was shocked that, like, I thought that was never going to happen until maybe, like, 20 years from now when the whole, when they redo all the movies, because I thought Natalie Portman was, you know, done with Mm -hmm. the four movies. So, I mean, I was shocked when they announced that. That was a a huge surprise to me. And then she got swole and saw how much money was happening. So she's like, let's do this. She looked good. I mean, I'm as gay as I come and she looked good. I'll just say that. I was shocked um, that they went with the cancer storyline, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, there's a version of that movie where that whole storyline is probably too dark or too sad or, you know, that I could see someone arguing that that didn't belong in you know your summer blockbuster so i was very glad that they stuck to that and um you know they even included the scene from the comics where she's in the hospital bed and mjolnir comes to her and so i was glad that they that they did that storyline so uh speaking of costume design for movies let's say kevin feige i hope i'm pronouncing his last name correctly because we always have this debate um comes to you and says russell you're going to redesign the X-Men costumes on film. 
would you do something kind of like what they did for the 20th century Fox movies? I call them kind of matrixy. It was very matrix inspired, all the black leather. Would you do, you know, something more like their, their costumes in Datas uh, <laughs> or something wholly new and original or something in between? I, I mean, I think you have to do, well, I mean, it's the same as when I'm doing costumes for the comics. You have to pull from the iconic looks. I mean, the, you don't want to waste the iconography. I think the the comic or the costumes, excuse me, from the original Fox movies, I think that was a different time where, you know, that was the first wave of uh, superhero movies. Like we, and they, I think, this is just my opinion, they were trying to make them palatable for people that, you know, maybe thought that comic book movies were for kids or they, you know, couldn't be serious and, you were coming off the matrix, which was incredibly popular. So you saw a lot of that influence in those designs and, you know, it worked for them. Those movies were incredibly mm -hmm. popular and it helped to usher in the MCU, which I think over time has, you know, started with maybe more relatable costumes or like uh, clothes that weren't as comic booky, quote unquote. But now, I mean, you're getting something like, the Scarlet Witch costume from the end of WandaVision where yeah. it's very inspired by the comics, but still sort of modern. And it's still very recognizably that character, you know, with the tiara and everything. So I would do, I mean, something like that. I think you have to go to each character's most iconic, most recognizable look and pull from that. You, you can't do a one for one um, that never, I don't think that often works. Um, like we just saw the um, photo of Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine mm -hmm. costume with right. the blue and yellow. Um, I think that's more the direction to go into. Lean into the comic book stuff, but still make it look cool and modern. And you have to make it real worldy, yeah. without yeah. sacrificing too much of the comic book. Um, well, one piece of work that uh, we haven't talked about yet, and it does do is a little bit more of a throwback. Um, so besides costume design, when you were in the movie industry, you were also in the art department and even acted in a 2010 film, Fishnet. What was it like to embody the character Kitty Katina Patron and star in a movie that WLW Films Review said, the nicest thing I can say about Fishnet is that it's not the worst WLW movie I've ever seen, but it is in the bottom 10. Where were you getting? Where was this? Girl, you got an IMDb page. I do? Yeah. Oh, really high pitched. <laughs> got to lower that in post. Um, okay, so that, so my friend, um, Brian Michael Pelletier, um, I think he wrote that. I, I'm sure he directed it and um, just roped in a bunch of us. I did not. I'm not like in this movie. I do not have a line <laughs> in this movie. I'm like in a background scene in this movie. Um, I don't remember having a name. Um, it's a pretty so, memorable one. It's that's so funny. funny. <laughs> I just, I was, you know, we always like to do our research and IMDb's, but we did this with uh, David Boer, another art like writer that he had funded uh, a friend's handyman like mini short it was like a gay romance story 
Uh, this one, I was like, I'm not watching. <laughs> we did watch that one so I could talk about it more. Um, I'm, I'm not in it. Like, I'm, I don't even know <laughs> if you can see me in it. I don't remember that. But it was, you know, Brian got all of his friends and everybody he knew and um, to be in the background. Like, he got actual, like, actors and things to act in it. But then the rest of us were just, like, um, set up around Next We Home, you know, like... I don't know. I don't in, even remember in, what we were doing. In case you're interested, for anyone listening, the pitch is when two L.A. burlesque dancers accidentally get involved in a mob hit, they hit the road and end up in a small town in Texas, only to turn the town upside down and the mob after them. Yeah, <laughs> I that would watch that. that I mean, what a, what a great pitch for a movie. Right. <laughs> it's a good log line. But WLW Films does not want to see any more of <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, we're, just, we're just kidding. Let's switch on to learn. Getting mad about you. I think we've been gushing over you all uh, all episode long, but now we're going to get into just some, you know, getting to know you better. Uh, we do have some power rankings to start. So this is a couple of, we'll give you a couple of options. You're going to put them in order of, you know, whatever you think is the right thing, whatever criteria, credentials you're using. There's no rubric that we have. Um, so First up is the best Hellfire Gala. Was it 2021, 2022, or 2023? Wait, so am I supposed to put these in order? Or am I yeah, supposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. Best? Rank them in the what you think is the best Hellfire Gala. Um, well, this is hard. Be well, I think, I don't think it's bad, but I think the second one is number three. Um, just because the first one, I think, was probably the most if I can say iconic, it was, you know, the first one, it was, it felt very novel and exciting. And the third one had so much incident that it was, um, you know, I was reading that script and my jaw was on the floor. Like, um, I didn't know. So was, so was most of the X-Men cast after yes. I landed on them. <laughs> and I didn't know that was going to be my part, by the way. Um, that was a surprise <laughs> to me when I got the script. Oh my. Um, I think I would put, okay, I think I would put the most recent one at number one, because I think despite how upsetting it was to read, I think it was a really exciting story and that, um, it wove together a lot of plot lines from the whole Krakoa era and finally brought them to a head and set everything up for the, you know, finale. So I think that it was a really like must read sort of thing. And then number two, I do the first one and then number three, the, the second. So uh, since you worked on Thor, who do you think should wield Mjolnir? Odin's son, uh, Jane Foster and Beta Ray Bill. And you can rank them as like the most worthy. Um, Jane Foster is number one, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I never got to draw Beta Ray Bill, did I? I think I drew him once on a cover and that was it. Um, so he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number three and Odinson could be number two. Okay. Uh, what about Jean Grey's uh, looks? So you have the mini skirt, you have Dark Phoenix, and then you have the 90s Dat Tass outfit, the nude suit. <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble with the miniskirt. Um, okay, so it's miniskirt, 90s, and... Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Specifically Dark Phoenix or Green Phoenix? Let's go dark. Okay, so now you, <laughs> now I'm in trouble. 
Um, we didn't say it'd be easy to power rank these wrestlers. Yeah, I guess not. Um, well, my favorite number one, um, 90s suit, the Jim Lee suit. Number two, midriff from the 60s and only in the 60s. Um, not midriff, miniskirt. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, wait, wait, when did that happen? <laughs> <should never. laughs> um, and the number three is Dark Phoenix. I mean, the green Phoenix costume is my favorite costume design of all time. I think that's, uh, for me, that's up there with Superman, with Spider-Man. I think it's um, super iconic. The red one never did it as much for me. Um, the mini skirt, like, I know there was all the discourse about it when she was wearing it in the um, Krakoa era. And I mean, I was glad that they used uh that I got to adapt my Hellfire costume into her new costume, but mm -hmm. I liked the mini skirt when it was in the 60s. I think it was back then that was chic and the mask was chic. And I think that's exactly what a teenage college-aged person in that time period would have designed for herself as a superhero costume. I just didn't think it belonged in the you know modern day. That makes sense. Um, and then since the Marvels just came out, we we know we were talking off pod, you haven't seen it yet, but you know the characters. Um, your favorite Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, and Kamala Khan. I would put, oh, um, so this is going off just MCU or comics or all? I mean, I guess it's- However awesome. you want to rank it. Yeah, up to I you. I would put- Kamala at number one. I think she's just infectious and fun. I loved um, the her first series with that absolutely brilliant Adrian Alfona art that mm -hmm. was just mind-blowingly good. Um, and the wonderful Jamie McKelvey design. Um, and you know, and her her show on Disney Plus I thought was really fun and she could really be like a Spider-Man level character, I think. Number two, I'd go with Monica. Um, I haven't read too much. I mean, I've read Next Wave and some of her Avengers stuff, but I think she's neat. And uh, number three is Carol, who I like. Um, I obviously was introduced to her through X-Men, the animated series. So I've always had a soft spot for her. Now we get to do lightning round. So name one of your favorite uh, superheroes. Superheroes? Yeah. Start Super. easy. Perfect. Now, current or all-time comic? And you can't do the X-Men Morrison one because you already mentioned that. <laughs> um, Death, The High Cost of Living by Neil Gaiman and Chris Pachalo. I am, okay, I'm like swooning right now because that <laughs> is the comic that introduced me to Chris Pachalo's work and Neil Gaiman's work. I read <laughs> Death before I read Sandman. And Same. I'm I'm reading Sandman for the first time right now. Oh, are you really? Where are I've you? Had, yeah, which I'm, arc? I'm almost at the end. I'm on the kindly ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I had Death the High Cost of Living for I mean, forever because of Chris Pachalo on Generation X. And for whatever reason, you know, I read the sequel to that and I'd read the death solo issues of Sandman, but never the whole thing all the way through. So um, recently I started doing the whole thing and I'm just obsessed with it. And it's so good. It holds up so well. Um, 
So uh, musician or album, any anyone that you'd like to mention? Beyonce um, is my all-time favorite and my favorite album of hers um, is Renaissance. Um, it's shot up to the, the top pretty quickly. It's, it's, I compared it to like kind of, um, I'm a Madonna fan too and a Beyonce fan. I compared it to Confessions, like where, you know, uh, you have this iconic artist who's done work for close to 20 years, just dropped like a banger of an album where every song is something you hear on the dance floor. Like uh, it, Renaissance is my favorite too. It's so good. It's every song, like, and they're all really unique. And like, I could, anyway. Uh, uh, pun it, also pun oh, it. <laughs> I'm so good with the, the puns tonight. Um, <laughs> if like anybody said, picked any of those songs and said it was their favorite, I'd be like, oh yeah, I get it. Cause they're all just incredible. Yeah. What about favorite what? food? Uh, pizza. Um, I make a good one with artichokes and onions um, or Brussels sprouts and pancetta. Mm. Um, it's like a fun thing that we can do is, you know, it's really easy. So yeah, that'd be my favorite food. Okay. Uh, big finale, sci-fi, fantasy, or horror story. This could be a novel, short story, comic, movie, TV series. Again, whatever kind of really comes to mind for you. Um, gosh um just a in general like a yeah just story? like like what's your one of your favorite we never like to say what's your favorite because that would <laughs> bring us here to the edge of time I feel like um if we're gosh um the thing that I keeps running around in my head is just the most recent horror thing I've seen which is the witch like the vavitch yeah the, yeah um I which like, I liked a lot I'm not a like jump scare horror person i but okay. i like a creepy horror and so, so that very that you're you're an a24 like super fan then i assume right all of their most of their stuff is very like cerebral as opposed to like, yeah i'll go horror. for the cerebral stuff more than i will other my favorite just like sci-fi fantasy if we're including comic book movies in that it's um batman returns which i guess now I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, but um, yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, would you say you're living more deliciously now that you've seen the bitch? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> although I, the, well, maybe I shouldn't say if it's because it's a spoiler if people haven't seen it. The movie's the, been out for years, Russell. I guess so. <laughs> I'm just really late to this party. The scene with the crow, like, um, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so we, we talked about that on podcast that actor because she's in loki i don't know if you've been watching loki or not this in the second season and she was in uh game of thrones uh as um uh, also breastfeeding yes. also, that's, that's the point like a lot of weird <laughs> breastfeeding scenes and like i for her agents like look you want a weird breastfeeding scene i got the actor for you here you go i think now i remember i remember one of you saying that and it's yeah. so true so our, our last question before we wrap up uh, and this comes from gay with the glasses 92 on instagram uh ask a question that we also want to know are you planning on hitting any conventions in 2024 yes i um haven't decided which one yet but i'm definitely gonna do or i definitely want to do a convention next year um i'm not the biggest um con person 
Um, used to be because I just didn't, I felt like I didn't have time. And then it was the pandemic. And so now I'm, um, the bits of cons I like is the meeting, you know, the people that, that like my work and support my works. And I really love that. So I, I'd love to, to do that again. So hopefully, yeah, there should be one next year. And once I decide, I'll, I'll post about it. Nice. We'll always uh, recommend FlameCon. It's very intimate. I mean, it's New York. Obviously, it's a travel for you, but you can't say enough good things about that con, particularly for getting to meet fans and just having real dialogue and hanging out with people. So um, that's good. Very Um, queer, too. Also, unrelated, Adam, um, I'm asking for a recommendation um, for my husband. He's uh, more the gamer in the household. Um, he finished the most recent uh, Zelda and okay. was obsessed with it and is looking for is something. Do you all have a PS5? Yes, he does. I would highly, if he hasn't played the Spider-Man series, uh, Spider-Man 2 just came out and it's another like open world, like lots of exploration and fun stuff. And my boyfriend was playing it and I was watching him play it and the storyline's great. And it's, it's just so cool. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> it's such a oh. cool game. Uh, okay. But, but I would check it out. Um, I'll let you know more. I was like, wait, oh no, now I'm on the spot. I'm oh, like, so- wait, I, <laughs> I have so many things to think about. Yeah, uh, to turn no, the tables. I'll- Exactly. No, I'll definitely be shooting you some more more recommendations. But yeah, I would yeah, highly recommend know. that if you haven't if you haven't touched it. Um, he went back and is now playing like old Zeldas. Like oh yeah yeah. I, I'll also I do have someone that lives in our our building is a massive Zelda fan as well. It's one of our our Killen's good friends. So I'll I'll also ask a little bit about that because I'm like I, Zelda's never been my series. So I'm always, when you're oh, like okay. what would you recommend after Zelda? I was like ooh like I don't know because <laughs> well, I'm not a. I'm not a gamer like Adam is, but I did buy a Switch at the start of the pandemic just so I had something to do at home, being stuck at home all day. And I really got into the Hollow Knight, uh, which is on the Switch yeah. and other platforms. Hollow Knight? Hollow Knight, yeah. It's a Metroidvania type game. So, like, you know, it's got, it's 2D, uh, but it's an open world. Um, and so you can, like, kind of, like, you know, figure out how to get to the destinations and, like, you know, try to, like, so, you know solve your quest and all that stuff but the art is so beautiful i think you would love even playing it or wa- just watching your husband play it because it's like if tim burton's like artistic styling like married like miyazaki that's like oh. art it's just it's absolutely stunning that sounds wonderful yeah i'll definitely have to check that out yeah. Thank you for the recommendations. No. I mean, if you ever think of any more, let me know. So you can always use um, something to play. Yeah. No, we'll be in touch. Um, and sadly, that does bring us to the end of our creative crush. Russell, thank you so much for being on. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can. Um, the best place to find me is uh, on Instagram. Um, it's at R. Dodderman. Um, I have Twitter too at R. Dodderman, but I'm not uh, spending much time on there. Probably um, for the best. Yeah, Twitter is yeah. just a hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking for the prints or um, art or anything, I have a store at um, russelldodderman.com. And uh, yeah, I've got um, X Men covers coming out and Scarlet Witch covers coming out. And um, I'm working on the next costumes cover now too. So should uh, hopefully have a 
steady stream of art from me coming up. Awesome. Uh, as for us, we're on Twitter at Homo Superior X and on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. If there are other great writers, artists, and all things nerd culturistas you'd like to hear us chat with, make sure to slide into our DMs. We've been Homo Superior, and thank you again to Kitty Cantina Patron for coming Jesus. on. <laughs> all right. Bye, little homos. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.